A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens the sheep to him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not heed them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The Gospel of the Lord. So this is Good Shepherd Sunday. And you can see that Jesus is perhaps, uh, at least from our perspective, using uh, kind of a, a, an odd metaphor, a couple of metaphors that seem to... Uh, not coincide exactly. He talks about being the shepherd, the one who is followed by the sheep because he knows their name and they hear, they know his voice. And he also talks about being the gate. Now, in our, under, in our experience with uh, any kind of an animal husbandry, we keep animals in pens around fences. And there's a gate to the fence and, and the shepherd brings the sheep in and he opens the gate, he closes the gate and he walks away and the gate stays behind. But it was very different in Jesus' day. They didn't use pens and, and gates like we do. Sheep, by and large, were sheltered in caves. There are a lot of caves in Israel. And so at night when the shepherd would bring the sheep in, he would put them in, in the cave where they could be safe and he would sleep across the doorway to the cave. And that way his body is, in fact, the gate that holds the sheep in and that also protects the sheep from any intruder, a wolf or a thief or a robber who might try to sneak in during the night. He guards the sheep with his, his own body. And then in the morning he would get up and he would lead the sheep out. And he would take the sheep, and Middle Eastern shepherds had a tendency to, to talk to the sheep, to sing songs to the sheep, and the sheep would follow the voice of the shepherd because he would always take them to new pasture. And it's important that the shepherd would always take these sheep to new pasture because sheep, being greedy creatures, would tend to overeat, overgraze any pasture you took them to, 
and they would eat the grass right down to the root. And so if you didn't keep a close eye on them, they would completely destroy the pasture. So the shepherd would watch the sheep very carefully, and when it became time, he would move them from one pasture to another so they wouldn't destroy the pasture. See, in a lot of ways, sheep are a lot like people, aren't we? We can get greedy at times. In fact, Pope Francis, in his encyclical Laudate Si, points out that if people do not control their greed, they will not only destroy their own souls, they will destroy everything around them. I've seen greed destroy marriages, businesses, partnerships, relationships. In fact, as Pope Francis points out, if mankind does not learn how to control his greed, man will destroy his very earth. Just like sheep that would overgraze a pasture until there is nothing left to eat, mankind has the potential of overgrazing this planet until there's nothing left. For us to prosper in life, for us to enjoy life, we have to be able to set aside our greed, set aside our selfishness, set aside those our desires that go unchecked, and learn to listen to the voice of the shepherd. Now, sometimes that's hard for us to do. Not just because it's hard, because it, not because it's hard to hear the shepherd, but we fill our lives with so much other stuff, so many noises, so many words, so many thoughts, that it's difficult to, to hear the simple, silent voice of our shepherd. Did you know that in Webster's Dictionary, there are currently 500,000 entries? 500,000 words in the English language. No wonder it had to go online. Can't even put all that into books. And of course, these, these words, these entries into the dictionary have all kinds of different you know, variations on the words. And then, of course, you can put these words together into sentences and into thoughts. And very quickly, you can see that the number of potential thoughts that can be expressed in words far exceeds the number of atoms in the known universe. There are all kinds of ways that we can distract ourselves with interests, with entertainments, so many ways, and with opinions, goodness gracious. We can distract ourselves with our own opinions all day long, can't we? But if we want to hear the voice of the shepherd, we have to set all of those things aside. To hear the voice of the shepherd, we must first let go of all our opinions. We must quiet all of our desires, all of our emotions, and come to the shepherd in stillness and patiently wait 
for his voice. In scripture, that is referred to as waiting on the Lord. Can we develop that skill of waiting on the Lord? Many years ago, a great Christian teacher by the name of Norman Grubb gave me a piece of advice, and he said this. He said, it will change your life if you can learn how to not see God from the world's perspective, but see the world from God's perspective. When we do that, everything changes. Now, I, want, I know that one of everybody's favorite metaphor of religions is this. And I apologize. I know I'm going to step on some of your favorite metaphors right now. We all, a lot of people like to talk about, you know, religion or faith is like a mountain. And God is at the peak of this mountain, and we can all come to God from different ways. We're all coming up different paths to the mountain. Everybody has their own path to the mountain. And I understand why we say that, because we want to be inclusive and we want to be kind to people who don't necessarily do things the way we do. But that is viewing God from the world's perspective not viewing the world from God's perspective. If we look at the world from God's perspective, the first thing we notice is that there is no mountain. There is no separation between us and God. He is the light that enlightens everyone who comes into the world. God is present in and to and for all of us. And we are not climbing some mountain to God. We are not doing anything that will draw us closer to God to make us reach God. We can't. But God in his love pours through the wounds in Christ's body, the mercy and the compassion that reaches to all of us, to all of mankind. God is not looking for people to climb some mountain to him. God is just looking for people who will let him love them and let him love through them. All love, in fact, all things, come from God, passing through us and return back to God. So the mercy and the compassion pouring forth from Christ's body, which St. Peter talks about in the reading that we had today, that he, that through his stripes, through the wounds of his bodies, we were healed, we were restored, we were saved. 
He pours his love through the wounds of Christ's body into us, through us to one another, and from the family of God back to God. It is all a cycle of love emanating from God, passing through us and returning back to God. We can only grasp that when we listen to the voice of the shepherd in stillness. When we can set aside our own opinions, our own desires, our own emotions, and in silence and stillness wait on the Lord until the shepherd speaks. And when the shepherd speaks, we follow his voice, for he knows our name, and he loves us with an everlasting love.